on. The song remains the same. Buy tech? Sell a lot of retail. Here we are, a Memorial Day, Friday, three-day weekend. You can't have a down day on a Friday before a three-day weekend. Spoos are up, almost 11 handles. We'll see if we can take out yesterday's high. Cameron Dawson is going to join us at 8.35 and give her outlook on the markets. Pindo Duo Beats, can you believe that? Let's talk earnings on this Friday morning pre-market prep. Let's get fired up. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, uh, trading and investors around the world. Welcome. We are up 10 to half handles, 41.70 and a quarter. Little dip overnight. I don't know what that was about. Pre-market low, 41.46. Maybe we can forget about that. Only relevant number on the upside. Let's see what we can do with Thursday's high. It's 75 and a half. That's only five and a half handles away. Uh, the buck taking a little breather down almost 30 cents, 103.88. Uh, you have the bonds, man. I, this is what this is what's puzzling me. Look at the bond, that bond chart. Down, well, we're up today a quarter of a point, one twenty-six and three thirty seconds. Crude just a yo-yo market back up today, seventy-four cents, seventy-two fifty-seven. Gold little rally up eight sixty at eighteen seventy ninety. Silver that's up thirty-eight and a half cents, twenty-three thirty, and Bitcoin just about flat, up fifty-five dollars at. $26,525. Let's bring in Triple D, who is already up $2 this morning from trading Pokemon cards with Spencer. <laughs> I was explaining, um, I was trading early. The boy was in here and he was, you know, I was talking about stocks a little bit and he had two Pokemon cards in his hand. And I was like, you want to learn about short selling? He's like, sure. So... I take the Pokemon card from his hand, so I say, I borrow this Pokemon card from you, and then I turn around and I sell it for $10. So I'm now short one Pokemon card because I owe you this Pokemon card. Then I turn around and rebuy your Pokemon card for $8. I give you your Pokemon card back, you are whole, and I made $2. Short and selling, what did short selling in four little steps. And what did he do? He walked out of the room. <laughs> no explanation, no. I think he just like give my Pokemon card back and are those, out of the room. <laughs> are, the, are those message those messages on the left on your Twitter? Are those people sending you Bitcoin to invest in your latest market scheme? Oh gosh, who knows? <laughs> All right, yeah. let's bring in Money Mitch. Money Mitch is going to steer the ship today in the right direction on this Friday. I guess we got a lot of earnings to talk about, huh? That we do. That we do. Let's get into the first one, of course. Uh, 
Man, I, I got to say, sometimes you get one and you sell it too early. Definitely kicking myself today. Let's That's talk my about my story Mars of my Bell. life, match. Heck, I know, Dennis. We have something in common, buddy. <laughs> Q1 EPS, 31 cents beats the 29 cent estimate. Sales at 1.32 billion beat the 1.30 billion estimate. Marvell sees Q2 adjusted EPS at 27 cents to 37 cents versus a 31 cent estimate. Net revenues at 1.33 billion plus or minus 5% versus a 1.31 billion estimate. Marvell Technologies forecasting here AI revenue in fiscal 24 to at least double from the prior year and continue to grow rapidly in the coming years. So all we got to do is just pretty much mention AI in an increase of revenue. Oh, yeah. And shebang you go baby She's the buzzword she's the yeah. buzzword of especially the year here. especially ai and revenue in the same sentence i'm sure there's some algos right now like just you mentioned ai revenue in one oh, sentence yeah. bye 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 off. <laughs> yeah i mean huge pop here for the stock mrvl joel's getting it up here now um, yeah it popped on this earnings and never looked back here. I mean, you got the tale of two markets here still. You've got the technology, especially anything to do with AI, and then you have everything else. And I mean, we could not have seen it more clearly in yesterday's trade where you've got NVIDIA obviously ripping higher with all the chips, all the AI plays like Microsoft, Google, all making new highs. And then you had the other story. Where you had the IWM, 2,000 oh, stocks down. No. You had so many stocks like oil stocks trading weak. Money just rotating from all of those value sector plays into AI is the future. AI is the future. I mean, the rotation in this market <laughs> is still nothing short of incredible. I know we talk about it every day. We talk about it because, one, it gives us an edge. Two, it's making us money because if you can identify that rotation before the masses, you make money. And yesterday, same story. I had my best trading day in probably three months. I'd been in a slump, but I had my best day in about three months um, just because it was short consumer staples. I was short utilities. I was short a whole pile of non-AI plays. Those went down hard. Not Marvell, nice pop here. Uh, this one's setting up a little bit different than the uh, uh, the Nvidia from yesterday because you hit fifty nine ninety four, and that's at least near a round number, right? I know you had a high just over sixty going back, uh, going back, uh, back in the middle of two thousand twenty two. But I'd use that as a target. You backed off uh, almost two dollars from that, so I'll call that resistance for now. The other thing about Nvidia, and I just want to note, we. We're talking about you know blowing through 400. It never did take out the pre-market high. The pre-market high was real close to 400. So kind of looking for the same thing in uh, MRVL. But uh, nice pop off top of yesterday's range. We may never see again. That's at 49.73. There was a couple of good uh, tech stocks that made moves yesterday that we kind of mentioned. I'm keeping an eye on a couple of these. One really nice move, that AVGO move. Oh, oh. Broadcom. That's why I brought it up. When you mentioned Apple, that's all we need, baby. That's all you need, man. That's all you need. That deal just, was so sleepy. 
It I was. Mean, like, not, it they did, weren't paying attention to it. They weren't paying attention to it. And I'm like, you did announced a deal with Apple. I mean, I don't even think we talked about it on the show because it was talking in the whole time. We did. US did we mention it? Chips. Yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, this you have the, future, the tale right? of two markets. This tale continues here. I don't know what changes that narrative. This isn't like, you know, the problem is for the bears on the AI train and the bears in NVIDIA is that this story, yeah, it's hot. It's a hot story and hot stories do cool off. But I don't see the story going ice cold anytime soon. I mean, you've got literally money managers out here and I won't name them, but there's even a couple on Fast Money that are like buying dips in Foot Locker and selling NVIDIA. I mean, what are you thinking? Like, Like, first of all, just... Take back, you know, you can stop looking at peas, sit back in your chair and analyze where are we heading? What is the direction we're heading? Mall based shoe salesmen versus, you know, AI generative, all of the fun buzzwords. I mean, yeah, valuation makes sense on NVIDIA. No, does a valuation make sense on Foot Locker? Yeah, because it's going lower. You know, and we've been talking about this one. It goes down every day, down oh, again man. yesterday. I mean, is it eventually going to have a bounce? Sure. Is it going to be lower six months from now? I think so. I just think you've got to, one, have perspective on the big picture, and then, two, execute from that. The big picture still is AI is going to be a continued thing we're going to hear for a long time. Not time to go buy NVIDIA. Remember how I played it? I was like, AMD, 27 times earnings, a little more reasonable, not chasing that crazy PE, betting on Lisa Sue. Better play. There's other plays out there, so I'm not saying you have to go chase NVIDIA here. But on pullbacks in NVIDIA, they're probably going to be bought. There's This is the story that probably 80% of money managers are missing out on, and they don't want to miss out on the story. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into the next headline, right? Um, we've already seen it. Let's. I see the chat talking about it too. And I will say, man, I, I took a hit on this one. I don't take many earnings plays. I took a very, very small flyer on it. And oh, you were trading got out on No, it's this next one. It was Ulta Beauty, baby. Oh, Ulta. I took the beauty hit, that's for sure. Uh, didn't get my beauty sleep either. That might have been it. They but needed Q, an AI like yeah, you know, some, yeah, the some robots type of putting your makeup on for you or something like that. Well, they might need AI security or something like that because I heard something. a lot of mentions of kind of organized crime being mentioned in the earnings report. Let's go to Q1 oh, EPS here at six dollars eighty-eight cents. Beat the $6.87 estimate. And why did I go after Ulta? It's because I've seen them beat and beat almost every report in the last nine reports. They did beat on here. Sales at $2.63 billion beat the $2.62 billion estimate. But where did things go wrong a little bit? Well, I mean, they did raise fiscal year to, uh, 23 revenue outlook on the high end, but the low end is still underneath kind of the estimate. And I think that that's a little bit given a mixed signal here. High end, $11.5 billion, low end, $10.95 billion. The estimate is $11.12 billion estimate. That's not what we want to be seeing here. Um, I think this is just kind of a matter of retail turning around, right? And it, a really strong company uh, has good 
has good uh, management. But here's the story. It seems like retail is really starting to show kind of signs of recession. If we have a slowdown, you know what's going to take the hit? Probably not NVIDIA as much as you think. It's going to be retail. That's what's going to take it on the chin. If we go into a recession in the second half, everybody thinks, oh, NVIDIA is going to get cut, you know, and it's going to be probably not. It's probably going to be retail. So all of those cheap peas you keep seeing on the Macy's and obviously the Kohl's, which I got hit on, you know, and Alta is not even a cheap pea. I mean, where is the thing on this? You know, this has always been the growth one. But I don't want to be long any retail stocks. I sold my Kohl's. If I go look at my long-term portfolio, I'm not sure if I have any retail stocks left. I think I'm out of them all. I'd have to recheck. I got a bunch of stocks in there still. I'm pretty sure I'm out of every single one of them. Kohl's was the last one. A bag held that. Got out on the nice left. And I mean, let's look at how much the immediate gratification from selling pops on retail. Kohl's pops, 15%. $22 and change off that report. The report was fine. It was a beat, but it was on cost-cutting measures. The, the, the look-ahead wasn't great, and it was predictable that they would fade that. So I got out of 22 Thank nice. you very much. thing is $19.67 here now. <laughs> I think it's going a lot lower, too. Like I said, you know, I was in that Nordstrom's on the weekend. I'm going to keep telling that story because people get attracted to low P's. And the reason those P's are low is because these companies are struggling. Sales and are going probably down. Probably those E's are probably going to eventually go down, meaning the P is going to come back up. I mean, as opposite as Foot Locker was to Nike, and we can keep doing or Foot Locker, not to Nike, Foot Locker to NVIDIA. I mean, people are making the point yesterday that NVIDIA is actually cheaper today than it was yesterday, is actually correct because they're the guidance so much. And yep. Foot Locker was the opposite story. Because when you look at the Foot Locker guidance, you're like, holy cow, you know, here you think you're getting this. And then, you know, with the lower guide, which was one of the worst quarters, as good as NVIDIA was, that first, that Foot Locker guidance, you know, talking about sales down, you know, three and a half, five and a half, seven and a half percent gross margin guidance from 30 to 28, like their margins are shrinking. And then the EPS guidance. So you can look at Foot Locker and say it was trading $41. It was they were expecting 2023 335 to 365. They cut the guidance two to 225. They cut it down by like 40 percent. So all of a sudden you're like it revalued right to where it was 40 to 25. That's the problem with just buying peas blindly. Look at the industry. Look at where we're heading. Footlocker is not a good spot. Boy oh boy. Uh, so the original stock we were talking about, Alta. I mean. This is this thing at the beginning of May. What was that? I think this got hit on um, someone else's earnings. Who are the big? Oh, um, Estee Slaughter, right? Didn't uh, Estee Slaughter? This was, yeah, this was right around there. Look at that. 240 to 210, right? And they said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm out of my Alta. We are now down here. We are below 440. So someone got really excited uh, taking it down to 430.74. That may hold up today. I did see like a cup like this 338, right where we're trading right now, 335 to 337. I did see a couple daily lows in there. So keep an eye on that. I don't know if we're going to get down to that pre-market low. But this is what I don't know. I mean, is Elf Beauty, I mean, is everyone leaving Ulta and Estee no, Slaughter? No. 
No, that's not the. It's just it's a different company. It's also it's also remember right. What is Elf compared to Ulta? Elf is going to be your cheaper alternative, right? So that could mean that maybe you're seeing people go towards a cheaper alternative. But when we're talking cosmetics, let's just be honest. It's not like let's say a brand of of like high end brand, and we're just going to go to low end brand. So I don't expect to see the consumer just be like, "Well, I'm just moving everything to Elf products." Um, so I think this is just kind of a matter of. Elf had a decent report reported mm-hmm. earlier, and then that kind of helped them. And maybe they even raised the bar for Ulta here. And then Ulta came in with just okay numbers here and then getting hit on it. Why do you want to be in any retails is what I'm asking. That's I what I'm mean, thinking, I, too. That's again, what I'm thinking, you too. You could Dennis. get lucky or you could maybe have a good company like Elf Beauty, which is firing on all cylinders. But mm-hmm. why even be there? I mean, I think you got to look at where do you want to be and then, you know, which sectors do you want to be in? I mean, you could go into retail, pick 100 stocks. There's three or four that are doing well. And there's 95 that are doing bad. Your odds are not good. Your odds are not good of picking those Holy right ones. Man. I mean, yeah, you can just go with the flow and be a momentum trader. And that's, you know, good to do as well. But, I mean, Crocs had fabulous momentum for a long time, too. There's they one reported that, that's a pretty good report, today. And it's been cut down 33% here in a month. At a certain point in time, is Crocs a buy? Maybe. So, I mean, even when they're trending higher, there's still this overall... If you're worried about a recession, it's going back to what I was saying before. If you're worried about a recession in the second half, the last place you want to be is retail. The first place you probably want to be is chips, which is why the chips win maybe no matter what. So, I know some people saying AMD 600 times 600 P's. Don't look. you got to look at what the Ford PEs are because if they have a bad quarter, that adjusts immediately here. Um, you know, and you can say the same thing with NVIDIA. It's not trading 600 times earnings. It's 40 times forward earnings here right now because it's come up a little bit. But, you know, if they beat those projections, look how NVIDIA adjusts too. You know, you could quickly see how AMD could be 30 times or maybe even 25 times if they actually start to come in and start to get the kind of momentum that NVIDIA's got. So you kind of have to look, just don't take stuff at face value. And you know what? The PE, I, I use them too. It's a good idea to know what a company is worth at the current time. But you've got to know about projections. You've got to know because if you're buying Foot Locker because at a PE of 9, you're just down 35%. That PE, you know what, is probably up to about 10 here now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just where we're at. And so you talk I about think- it. You talk about it all the time, Then is story, right? In this case, the story is actually pointing towards the negative side, not towards the positive side. So we point to AI as being a story that's driving fundamentals higher, right? Yes. The story here is actually driving the fundamentals lower. And if anything, it's pointing towards that we could run into more trouble. And what did we hear from major retailers, right? The consumer slowing down, picking necessities, right? And so if anything... The major companies are also letting us know what's going on in the space. And maybe we're just not listening. Like, I, I got to say, I, I wasn't listening. On that, on that play for Ulta, I could clearly have examples all around, right? And I'm going to pitch it right now to Deckers. We're going to go to that in a second. Wait, before you go to Deckers, I got to show you guys something here. And yeah, I wish what you, you got, I wish I, I wish you had done this uh, research a little bit earlier. Ah, uh, boom, boom, boom. Let me move this. Well, while you pull that up, I do want to give a shout out to someone in the chat here. I Who? did see that we have a four-year-old that listens in on us. TLO uh, is letting us know that oh, her nice. the, uh, London is her name. She watches us, and we want to give a shout out to her. That so might be our youngest definitely. listener. 
Yes, yes. And I will, I will, I'll play a little music for her here. I, I say, you know what? Around. Have to keep us down. Thanks for listening. All right. So shout we out say to hi London. Too. TLO. We say hi as Definitely. well. Definitely. Have a good one. Have a great day. And what you got she, for us, Joel? She, uh, share that uh, short selling lesson with her. Get her started on uh, evil. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, just uh, before we leave the PE conversation here, though, just for clarity here, because some people are getting in the chat, some people are not. We talk PEs a lot on this show. Yeah. But what really matters is the forward PE. Yes. Like projections. Yep. And those projections can be wrong. So people are like, well, those could be wrong. They could be. But, you know, you still have, you know, you still got to get a feel for where we're heading. I mean, you could have looked, you know, at, at Amazon's PE forever, you know, back in like, twenty. Joel, let's forever. go back to like forever. 2005, 2006. It's trading a thousand times earnings. People are like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Well, that E went up so, so, so much that the PE actually came down. And at the PE still, and you can look at, and Amazon might be the best story. It'll look like if you bring it up on your Benzinga Pro, maybe we could do it right now. It's just an important exercise for people to understand. We're doing a little bit of education here today. Amazon's P is going to be, you know, ridiculously high appear to be, you know. When you look, the current P is two hundred and seventy-three. You're like, why would I ever pay two hundred and seventy-three times earnings for anything that doesn't make sense? The Ford P is sixty-five, and that's something else you have to consider for Amazon is they are so focused always on growth. They could bring the E up more if they stopped, you know, just looking at so much at money. growth. So yep. I mean, at sixty-five, it's expensive. Quite, you know, two or three times, but again, it's a little bit, you know, there's really only trading like four times sales if they're even trading that. So maybe that's a better metric. I don't know if they have that on here, but I could go try to see. Well, price to sales is looking like two and a half. Is that right? I mean, it's not crazy. Revenue 120. So you're just looking, you know, at you know at, at stuff here, 127 billion. I'm just quickly trying to grab numbers here. Yeah, get the numbers. The here. point though being is that you can't just take the numbers at face value. One, you've got to see how, what is the company? How is it going? And then two, What's you've got to trend? analyze from there. Because if you're just looking at PEs, right now you're buying all these retail stocks at seven, eight, six, nine times earnings. And these E's are going to go down and you're going to get hurt, in my opinion. So, I mean, you've got to look at all the metrics. You've got to look at different things. PE is always important. But I would say Ford PE is much more important than the current PE. No, that's a that's a great point. I just thought I wanted to bring up. I'm thinking about this Elf Beauty and all the mm -hmm. thing, and I'm like, you know, what what's the big difference here? So I went to the Elf site, right, and I'm like, you know, where 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 are these stores, right? And so I put in my uh, my area code, and they don't have any stores. They sell it in all these other places. This is within a 25 mile radius of my house. Look at all the places they sell there. It's like a Rite Aid, and it's a Rite. Uh, it's another. Is it all Rite Aid? Uh, you got Target too. Yeah, I mean CVS. I mean they're everywhere. So their products, they're not paying any rent. They're not paying. You know, they're not in malls. They're just manufacturing exactly. the stuff and and shipping it out. Look at that. This is within. 25 miles of my house. Look at all these places uh, that you can do it. Now, Alta, they got this huge store by me, you know, that, uh, you know, is in a, in a big strip mall. So right there, man, it's uh, brick and mortar versus just, you know, let right on. Now, when all the right aids yeah. and targets and CVSs go out of business, uh, you know, it's a different thing. And the other thing, too, is like you talk about retail. Hey, I this Walgreen Boots Alliance, oh my, I, I went in there yesterday 
it's like it's like a graveyard. They have like every time I go in there, they got a new person working at the cash register. I mean, they can't keep people. I mean, just another side. I don't know what CVS has been doing, but oh, same kind of thing. Holy macro retail. Not the stocks everywhere. you want to be in right now, man. Yeah, it's been All a hard right. rotation away from healthcare, but we won't get too much into that. We can talk about that maybe a little bit later with our trade zero segment. But I have seen a okay. An, ugly turnaround there uh let's go to deckers because i think it's very comparable to ulta's story especially just a stock that has been just killing it killing it killing it finally running into a wall it seems like here of course deckers first started with the footlocker report uh deckers q4 eps here at three dollars and 46 cents beat the two dollars and 66 cent estimate sales at 791.6 million beat the 718.19 million estimate but still taking a hit here this just shows me more and more how some of these loved retail stocks finally giving up their run Again, just it's just a tough sector to be in here. And Deckers has been a great story for a long time. Really, you know, from the COVID, really. I mean, yeah. let's just give this, you know, you know, outdoors, we're doing stuff. We're not going in, you know, inside concert halls and stuff because we all don't want to get COVID. Those days are over. This COVID bubble still happened, you know, <laughs> all the way. And some of them, like Deckers, even went higher here. I mean, I'm just concerned on some of these companies that, you know, COVID is is now over unless you think China and COVID is going to come and destroy the world here, um, which I'm not in that case at all. But again, you're in a retailer. The retail story is just dangerous here right now for a lot of reasons here, too. So I think there's some really good companies. Deckers, I think, is a really good company as well. I just don't want to own retail stocks right now. Well, first of all, I'll make my uh, always comment that they sell winter boots that you can't wear in the winter with all the like the fluffy fur on the outside, which <laughs> I, I, I totally don't understand. But for this one, besides going in the whole, you know, let's step aside from the all retail disaster. Would, if I was a Decker shareholder here and I'm, I got the monthly here, right? And you had this monthly run up here. Of course, it was a COVID low, extraordinary circumstances here. But look at all the green. These are green monthly candles, right? And then you finally got like a, a big red candle. And it gave you a chance. It gave you a chance to get back at 550 or 450. But look what it did after. I mean, that is just – and that, that red candle is now going to be even uh, deeper now. So long term – and then, I mean, I think we got a date event, you know, shorter term with 395, 400. And pops in this thing. I mean, I think this is eventually going to look like so the uh, the Alta chart. You know, you're think thinking, so. oh, I'm going to, I'm gonna, this is going to fill the gap. I'm just going to, I'm going to wiggle out when this, or no, it wasn't Alta. Well, now Alta is going to have a gap as they slaughter. You know, I'm going to wiggle out when it comes back to where to get. I'm going to wiggle out at 240. No, no, you're not. And now you might not even wiggle out at, at 210. When these stocks have these big gap downs like that, and they the high of the day right there, boy, 210, if they don't get back into the gap area and start showing some strength, then, man, oh, man, you just got to get that the heck out of the way. So down uh, uh, down and out, I'm not even going to – I'm going to talk about 395, 400 for a while in this one until uh, it shows some stabilization. 
All right, let's keep going. We got a lot of uh, lot of retailers. Stock. So what I'm going to yeah. do now is I'm going to do a, a little bit of a bunch attempt here, right? I'm okay. going to go here with Gap, Hibbit, and Big Lots. At least these three. <laughs> then we can maybe touch like Costco. I think that's a little Hibbit. bit different. Um, but let's let's go through these. Uh, first one, let's do Gap. Let's get those numbers in. Adjusted EPS here at one cents, beating the loss of 16 cent estimate. This was a little bit of a surprise for me. 3.28 billion missed the 3.29 billion estimate. And it did say that Q2 net sales could decrease in the mid to high single digit range compared to last year's 3.86 no, no, this is Cole's part two, folks. This is identical in every that. single way. <laughs> I'd be selling this as quickly as if I own this, I'd be selling this as fast I had as a feeling that just my that. opinion. <laughs> not telling you go out here and short the stock, saying that this is Cole's part two. And if history repeats itself, it looks like a gift. Like Ryan Dietrich says, it doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. It is rhyming so much here with Cole's. After I watched that Cole's move, I am definitely not buying Gap up 10% here today. Quarter was fine. They beat on cost causing measure. It says identical. And then the, the but the sales, they're talking about net two sales decreasing mid to high single digit range. That not is thing. not good news here, folks. You do not want to see eight, nine percent declines in sales. We don't want to see that on the. So we got PC out here. I'm sorry, we missed this one. We dropped the ball. Oh, uh, my bad, guys. Yeah. I was looking down. I had it, I had yeah. it written down. I. Oh, I'm gonna like get pissed off, you guys. PC. Oh my god. Well, Dennis, man, you, you <laughs> told, 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 man, taking over the show, bro. <laughs> actually didn't move much. I got lucky. <laughs> I couldn't I even get through the three reports there. Kind of. I, uh, Mitch tried to consolidate. Uh, I tried to see. consolidate. <laughs> you know how that one works out. Oh, the light flashed before my eyes. <laughs> right, Spot was 40 cents wide. I was like, I got orders out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get something. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. We're getting them coming in. First thing I have is durable goods. Durable goods 1.1 versus a negative 1% Ooh, estimate. I'm not liking this. Core PCE coming in at 4.7 well, versus 4.6. That's hot, man. That's showing inflation increasing. Well, uh, US core PCE price index month over month coming in at 0.4 versus 0.3 prior 0.3. We just got a tiny, tiny bit of a spike there in inflation. Of course, this is the Fed's. Uh, preferred reading, not CPI. So we could see a little bit of a downturn on this because, of course, we've been wanting inflation to decrease. Now the only question is, how far do we leak? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, not that's... great, but no. again, it's not CPI. It's PCE. It's um, better, man. It's a it's a better. Yeah, the market doesn't. The market, the, the you know, the media. It, think about your you know your Wall Street Journal headline. It's not like. PC, it's not making front pages like everybody's yeah, talking I think... PC. It's CPI that they really talk. But it's not great. I mean, I don't feel it. I mean, I still feel like there is a significant inflation bump coming here, too. Because I know we have people, you know, out there that are saying, oh, prices are coming down. Chat, what do you feel on it? Because when I go out in the there real world, like I said, lumber has come down a lot. But I, you know, price out other stuff and just going and just feeling it out like the Whoppers from the other day when I tweeted that out. They were two for eight in January. They were two for nine last month. Now they're two for 10. I go in that grocery store and what was $200 feels like it's $300 here now. I don't feel like it's getting that much better. I feel like prices are still going up. So that, and, and if that's the case, I mean... That's not good news here for the market. No, and uh, yeah, this uh, 
Wow, we're going on so many different tangents here. Well, not uh, really. We're talking inflation. No, 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 no. But I mean, we're because because I what I wanted to talk about, and I tweeted this out last night um, about something that really concerns me here, and uh, and I, I'm I'm showing the bond market here, and you know, and th this is telling me, and I've talked to different people about it, and we'll talk about it with Cameron Dawson here in a minute. They're like, oh, this is just because of the debt ceiling. Right. And then and, and this is, you know, whatever liquidity matters and stuff. But that chart right there, that daily, I mean, if so goes the stock market, so goes the bond market, so goes the stock market. I am extremely cautious. Well, the dollar, uh, too. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. often say the inverse correlation between U.S. dollar and equities. Well, the U.S. dollar has been showing yeah. a lot of strength here lately. What is really hiding, and again, we do have the tale of two markets here because IWM, looking like it was going to break out, gets up oh, over that 180. Ugly. Here we come. Bull market coming. Come and on, boom, boom, boom. Right back down to the lows. I mean, there is the tale of two markets here. These banks... Again, they start to show some life, and then they start rolling over here again. You have so much. It's I've never seen such a bifurcated market. Like you've got tech stocks just rip roaring bull market, and then you have everything else. S and P's kind of flat, and we keep saying that it's kind of flat over the last eighteen months. It's got some tech, and it's got some other stuff in there too. And then you have cyclicals and everything that's in decline. So I mean, there is so much the tale of two markets here. I still think you're buying tech on pullbacks and yeah. you're selling rallies on everything else. Uh, Paul Ader, Adder, I mean, bond market starting to believe the Fed may not be cutting. I mean, who believes the Fed's? I mean, you know, I look at the Fed tools. I mean, cutting. We got to stop going up first. We got to. We got to. They got to pause before they turn and start taking rates down. You got to pause first. And if you want to take the Fed for what they're saying, they keep saying we're not. We're not where we want to be. We're. We're not done yet. But the. You know. The market doesn't want to listen. The bond market's listening. Now, we'll talk about it with Cameron when she comes on and see yeah. if this is just, you know, the, the debt ceiling thing, too, is really like, you know, that that's a big uh, a big uh, black cloud over the markets. But market's been rallying off it so far. So we'll see. It's uh, it's an interesting market. We definitely lost some altitude there. Uh, we're still up three and a quarter handles. Uh, different complexion than from where we were. That uh, that pre-market high right now, uh, forty-one seventy-one seventy-five is looking like a better sale now. There was a we'll lot of weakness it... yesterday, and we're going to get Cameron here in a second. I'm going to have to hop off just for a second because of my internet's funny, funny here, and I just want to reset okay. my internet. So I'm going to be back with Cameron. But um, I just wanted to say, NVIDIA and the AI and the tech strength yesterday hit a lot of weakness. Like we keep talking about oh. rotation. But is the rotation really just the fact that there's a lot of companies that aren't doing that well right now. Maybe that's the case when the gaps and the retailers are talking about sales declines, six, seven, eight percent. I mean, maybe there's just a lot of companies that actually aren't doing very well and were really hidden by the Microsofts and the Googles and the NVIDIAs that are doing well. So, I mean, that's the story here. Tale of two markets. Keep that in mind. I'm going to reset my internet. I'm going to be back at you. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. You guys saw those core PCE numbers hit. I'm really thinking, what does Cameron got to say about this? Let's find out.
Right, we got Cameron Dawson on the line with us to talk some fundamentals and technicals. Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth, CFA, CFA chart holder. Cameron, how you doing on, I don't know, I guess we could call it a freaky Friday here. We were we were looking to make some new highs for the week, and now we're back down. How you doing on this uh, fr uh, Friday ahead of a three-day weekend? Great. Well, I love the new intro music. I kind of want that always for everything I do with, you know, it was a little rock star. Jam. I mean, the music for the rock star, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rich is good with that stuff. So I don't know if you were, you were listening in and, yeah. uh, you know, before you came on and I'm looking at this bond chart, the 30 year bond. And I'm like, whew, man, what is the bond market trying to tell me? And then I've talked to different people about it. And they're like, well, well, it's just, you know, it's the debt ceiling. It's, you know, uh, people shorter term uh, trends with liquidity and whatnot. Um, now I know you've, you've been in the cautious camp here for a while. We're just hanging up here trying to break out. Set me straight on the bond market. And am I overreacting? Well, we're now in a moment again where the bond market is being pulled to the will of the Fed. And what I mean by that is that the bond market has multiple times since the beginning of this Fed's tightening cycle tried to price in the pivot. We saw it back uh, the first time was back in June when you had the whole pivot talk of you would have rate cuts as soon as the beginning of 2023. That had to get priced out and then the market became weak. We had a similar scenario back at the beginning of this year. And here we are yet again where the bond market was so resolute in its pricing of interest rate cuts starting as early as July. And now what you're seeing is those cuts are having to be priced out because of stronger economic data. And now now, as we see this morning with the PCE data, the only thing to describe this is just hot, hot, hot. This is not what the Fed wants to see. And so we've been thinking that June was a live meeting for some time. There was a lot of commentary that that May was the last hike and you weren't going to see another hike this cycle and that you'd be starting on cut soon. The data simply doesn't support that. Labor market remains really tight. I get it that that is uh, a very lagging indicator, but housing data is reaccelerating. You can look at components within manufacturing and services, new orders starting to tick up, prices paid starting to tick up. And now we get the confirmation of inflation data accelerating from the prior month and still remaining in that high elevated sticky camp that gives the Fed no wiggle room to be able to cut policy. So all that means is upward pressure on yield and continued volatility within the bond market as you price out those cuts and of course we just got those pce numbers i wonder how this affects that outlook that you just mentioned yeah, I'm looking this morning and you can see that the the work, the world interest rate pricing uh, is starting to show an uptick in the pricing of the expectation for an interest rate hike in both June and July. You now have a 40% chance of a hike in June and a 40% chance of a hike in July. That's almost certainty, that's high confidence that you're going to get one either in June or July. I think that these numbers actually increase the odds of a June hike. And so it's likely that we'll hear Fed commentary. I think we have one more week before we go into the blackout period. It's likely going to spur some pretty hawkish commentary that could rattle markets. I think the one thing just to, to, to note, though, in all of this is that there's in 21 and 22, there was a really strong relationship between interest rates and the forward expectations of the Fed and markets. 
In 23, that's diverged some. So usually we've seen a strong inverse correlation between real interest rates and valuations for things like growth stocks, tech stocks, all of that. Real interest rates are back near their highs, yet growth in tech stocks are seeing really big valuation multiple expansion. So the typical relationship between Fed policy and interest rates that we would normally expect has broken down in the last few months. There's a few reasons why that could be, but I think it's important to note just because you've seen such a huge divergence. So you're you're telling me you don't expect a pivot in 23? No, no, because Great. yeah, I, I I simply don't see it happening because the labor market data is not deteriorating fast enough that it gives the Fed room to be able to ease policy. Even if inflation were to moderate, and based on the numbers this morning, it's not. But if it were, would the Fed actually cut rates into a full employment economy? They did back in 2019, but in 2019, inflation was sub 2%. And so I don't see how you would have the Fed really eager to want to ease policy if demand is still high and the, and the labor market is still tight because they would be afraid that inflation will come back. So we talk about, you know, the rotation that's been, mm -hmm. been going on and, you know, you see what happened with some of these tech stocks, NVIDIA, and then you look at like the IWM and mm -hmm. boom, it cuts over 180 the other day mm -hmm. and just right back down. Now, I mean, is it possible, you know, just like who needs these companies, you know, who needs a small cap, who needs Main Street, we need big tech companies that's all we need we need the top five components in the index who cares if it's a crowded trade that's where you gotta be what would you say to an investor with that type of mentality well you know what that tells you that tells you that narrowness tells you we are late cycle we are not early cycle when you're early cycle everything is rebounding off the lows. You've thrown babies out with the bathwater and you've seen things get mispriced to the downside. And typically you see a big liquidity tide, stimulus tide that lifts all boats. And so what you see in early cycle is typically very strong breadth. You see riskier parts of the market like small caps outperform. And so the fact that we have a narrowing market tells you that investors are seeking out growth in the only places they know where to. And the leadership of large cap growth is very, very prototypical late cycle behavior. And so what we typically see is that they can dominate for a certain period of time. It, they can go into a bubble. They can persist. It can last a lot longer than you expect. But you have to be aware that under the surface, if there's deterioration, there is a risk that those big names catch down to the weaker names under the, uh, uh, in the index versus those weaker names catching up. I think there's a fundamental fundamental challenge here. And in my head, it's almost like there's there's the fundamental side and the technical side. The technical side to me says momentum is great in tech names. Momentum's extremely strong. You have good trends in pretty much the only pockets of the market where you can go, I like these trends, but we know we have stretch valuations. We know we have um, 
uh, valuations that are pricing in a lot of good news. Now, I think I heard you earlier talking about Ford PE multiples. It's interesting. Even after yesterday's move in NVIDIA, its valuation went from 65 times down to 50 times because you revised the earnings up so much. And I think that's the dynamic that Dennis, you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So clearly we know that there's room for earnings to to accelerate in this part of the market. But I think we have to be aware that these are also companies that are immune to or not immune to economic cycles. So if you do see actual economic weakness, which we're not seeing yet, that's where we could see some of these names have to face a little bit more reality. At what point do we, you know, look at this market? And I mean, we, you know, and I've been on the same page as you for a long time, you know, looking, oh, we're trading 20 times earnings and this, you know, this is, you know, 21 times earnings. And it is concerning that, you know, interest rates have come up enough. At what point do we just say, maybe this market can actually tolerate higher rates? Is this possible? Yeah, I think the economy can tolerate higher rates. Maybe that's the starting point, which is that even though there was the Fed paper last week, or there was a Fed speaker who who wrote a paper, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, saying that he still thinks the neutral rate is the same as it was prior to this inflation episode. And you go, that's interesting because you're now at five and a quarter of interest rates and growth is accelerating. So what does that tell you about what kind of, of interest rate this economy can bear? And I think part of the reason that the economy can bear higher interest rates is because we're coming off of a period where interest rates were so low for so long across the curve. The impact of QE is that it suppressed long-term interest rates. And when you suppress long-term interest rates, it does something powerful. It allows people to term out their debt and effectively make them less sensitive to short-term interest rates. So whether you're a consumer and you are getting a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, or your corporation who doesn't have to issue commercial paper and can instead issue long-term bonds. I think the reason why we're seeing resilience is because this economy, after 10 years of QE, 10 plus years of QE, is simply less interest rate sensitive than it was in the past. Does that mean that we can throw out valuation discipline and say that we can go back to pandemic level valuations? That's been my biggest concern, is that at almost 19 times, That's your prior peak in every single cycle, except for two periods, the 1920s bubble, uh, stock bubble, sorry, three periods, 1920 stock bubble, 2000 stock bubble, and the COVID bubble. All of those times, of course, were bubbles. And of course, you had the period of COVID being all about liquidity, all about stimulus. And so to get back up to those levels and sustain there, I challenge without the stimulus becoming a tailwind, without liquidity being a major tailwind. And I would argue that liquidity has been a huge tailwind year to date, which is why we're up at this higher end of prior ranges. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. But I would have the question, aren't we in a bubble right now? It's the AI bubble right now, baby. Yeah, but and I think, you know, it's it depends on which inning you are in the AI bubble. And the reality is that bubbles last a lot longer and go a lot further than probably any of us expect. And I think the lesson from prior bubbles, I don't remember what 
sage investor said this. He said he wished he looked back and said, as soon as I saw it was a bubble, I wish I started to get invested. I think that the, the discipline here is to say I can ride momentum, but I need to be careful if I price in the entirety of the future's good news into today's valuation. The example of that, of course, is a name like Zoom trading at 80 times sales back in uh, uh, back during the COVID bubble. And so I think that what we have to look at is to say, yes, this can continue from a price momentum standpoint. But at a certain certain point, you price in all of the good news. All right. So we, we got the debt ceiling overhang and we have inflation right that we're we're trying to combat so far 10 months in a row we've had better data uh but you recently had a discussion with kyle bass and mm -hmm. uh discussing china and mm -hmm. you know pindo duo surprise has good earnings today but just overall uh you know your discussions with him and what's your take is that you know is that just something that oh you know we keep talking about it worrying about it but you know we could just sweep it under the table for now everything's going to be fine yeah talk, give us a little take on uh china and its potential impact on on the u.s markets Certainly. It, look, if there were to be a conflict in China, it would positively, absolutely royal U.S. markets. I'm not sure about the timing or the certainty that something does happen. Uh, certainly tensions are flaring, uh, but markets aren't usually ones to pre-price in geopolitical risks. Uh, you know, they might around the margin a little bit, but it would, it's hard to imagine that you would, you would see the S&P 500, for example, price it in today if it's a possibility at some point in the next five to 10 years. Uh, what I'd say within China markets is that they're trading extraordinarily weak. Um, and I've said this, and I, I said this in the uh, in the at that discussion with Kyle Bass is that you know we're not in the business of catching falling knives in very asymmetric information environments. I have no edge in that market. Um, not that I have <laughs> have an edge anywhere, but meaning that I don't. I I have no visibility, no insight, and now I have less and less data that I can judge the health of of the corporate environment there. And so when the stocks are ugly, yes, you could you can try to catch. A falling knife and from a technical basis, maybe catch a rebound if things get oversold. But I think it does speak to this need to be um, extremely wary and knowing that these markets are also very, very sensitive to boom and bust cycles, much more pronounced than what we see within the U.S. Uh, and so all of that leads to is saying that from a stock market standpoint, uh, it does not get me excited from an economic standpoint. I've been very, very disappointed in the data coming out of that. And you can see it in copper and oil. And I, I just think that the that the, the economic data continues to disappoint to the downside. And that could raise interesting questions for the prospect for global growth into late 23 and 24. I'd love to get uh, to wrap up here an end of the year outlook from you, Cameron. Of course, uh, we've been seeing the markets kind of just go sideways. That's what Dennis and, and Joel have been clearly telling us. And you can see it on the charts. Of course, we've had kind of a, a nice recent run towards the 420s. So a lot of people were calling new bull market. How do you see it, Cameron? Yeah, I think that the onus is on earnings from here to deliver further upside in this market. It can happen if economic growth continues to come in better than expected. If inflation stays high, that's actually really, really good for corporate earnings. It gives them pricing power, gives them top line revenue growth. So that's my bull case through the end of the year is to say valuations are already elevated uh, and that you get 
better earnings growth and revisions upward. I would note that there's already a big rebound baked into earnings into the back half of the year into 24. And in that scenario, better earnings growth and and higher inflation, you have to imagine that the Fed would stay very tight, very engaged in tightening policy, which could cause liquidity to tighten and thus put downward pressure on those valuations. So we'd still have to be in this world where, valuate, where interest rates don't matter for valuations, sort of that suspension of disbelief. On the downside, I think the biggest downside driver is, is the removal of liquidity as a tailwind, or liquidity has been a huge tailwind this year, um, really boosting growth valuations. This is coming from the Fed's response to banking issues and expanding the balance sheet, but also from the Treasury spending down its cash balance. This has the effect of, of adding reserves into the system, adding liquidity. And what we think will happen is that as you get to the zero lower bound of that TGA, uh, we're only about $50 billion right now, you have to replenish that. That liquidity starts to exit the system. That could be the driver of multiple compression uh, in this market and kind of come as a surprise when people think that debt ceiling resolution is a good thing. It could actually be a bad thing. So that's our that's our downside scenario as we see the liquidity tide turn. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we end this year at forty one hundred. Go absolutely nowhere. Cameron right, so. Dawson, Chief Investment yeah. Officer at New Edge Wealth, joining us here on pre-market Prop. Cameron, always a great discussion. Thank you, and uh, have a good three-day weekend. We'll dial you up again soon. Thank you, guys. Happy Memorial Day. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, Cameron. All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking, Joe? We, we bounced. We bounced, man. This is such a bouncy market. They, they took it down <laughs> off the PCE, and then we got a little bit of a rebound here. Anybody that was short that early morning pop took it in uh, just around the daily pivot, and uh, I think we could be seeing a lot of this 4155 to maybe 4170 maybe the entire day. But uh, it's early, but uh, let's see. Let's see what's hot with Trade Zero today. Let's get to it, team. Let's take a look underneath the hood. All right, right at the top. What do you see? You see Workday, of course. Um, we didn't talk nice about little that. move yep. there. Uh, so nice move on Workday. And this was one that I got to say, I was looking at this one on Start Swing Trade. This is the one I should have earnings <laughs> trade, man. Come on, Mitch. And I said it too. I said it on the show. I'm like, I'm going to regret this one. But it's how it goes, the team. Let's take a look. Q1 EPS, $1.31 beat the $1.12 estimate. Sales of $1.68 billion beat the $1.67 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year 24 subscription revenue at $6.55 billion to $6.575 billion. And then see also Q2 subscriptions to a high end of $1.613 billion. Um, they also got a new financial chief from VMware. Uh, so Zane Rowe is joining Workday. Um, not a bad move here. And this is one that I could see AI coming into play. I didn't hear too much of the earnings call, so I want to look into that. Um, yeah. But definitely HR, software things. Those are where I think they can use AI the most. Uh, it ties in for sure. And I think it's just still the tale of two markets. We're seeing this so many days where we come in and it's all tech stocks leading the way. And when we look at this, you know, other side, we're going to see some retailers, you know, going the other way here too. I mean, what I, I just cannot, you know, I keep saying the same things, but it's just such a tale of two markets here. And it just keeps telling us the same thing every single day. So, I mean, Marvell, AVGO, 
Workday, CRM, AMD's up there again. I mean, you've got some China stocks up there today, but that's not normal. It's just because PDD earnings, which we could get to in a second here. But it's just the same story, and it continues. All right. I was I was going to go on mute and uh, give the levels, but then you guys wouldn't get it as a joke, you know, because of the commercials. <laughs> Dennis, have you seen that? You see, like, Workday, workday. Yeah. Uh, man, oh man, I mean, you got a pop here in the pre market, and it was actually yeah. an after hours print at 218.90. Man, the way these tech stocks have been trading, I don't, I'll say I would use that as like a soft target today because uh, you're breaking out on the monthlies here. And if what we've seen in some of these tech stocks lately is like they get going one direction. They just kind of keep on going. So you're breaking out on the monthlies. I don't see anything. I, the next monthly high is 245.83. I don't think we're going to attack on another on another uh, $35, $40. But I don't think I'd be picking on this one on the short side, especially if it took out that pre-market high. Uh, just to talk about it, it's not on this list here, but I did want to kind of mention it today and I didn't get a chance. So let's talk about it right now. JPM mentioning here that they're developing chat GPT like software services to lean on of Who's course, that? AI. Uh, JP, JP JP Morgan, Morgan Chase. Okay. Uh, so they're leaning on some artificial intelligence to kind of bring in select investments for customers. Uh, we've already heard, I mean, right, kind of robo investors out there. I would just think, yeah, why not just add AI to that, right? And then boom, there you got a product. Um, so I think you're going to be seeing this move into a lot of fintech. Um, so just get ready. We saw how they took off on kind of uh, different banks, right? I could even see maybe, who knows? I'm not saying this right now. This is pure speculation, but why not SoFi mention AI talk, right? Or something like that. That would have been a big difference. If I'm going to keep an eye out. Yeah. Like, I mean, JP Morgan, nobody sees JP Morgan as an AI play. And it popped last night on this headline. If you look it at did. the after hours action, yep. off the buck on this headline. And that was a sell opportunity. Come on. I mean, JP Morgan Bank. Oh, yeah. Robo <laughs> They're advisors. trying to get They're it moving, AI. man. Yeah, it's going to be tied in everything. Don't kid yourself. It'll be in <laughs> retailers, too, as we get more advanced here. But it's not the pure AI play here. And I think anybody who was buying JP Morgan last night, AI, JP Morgan. But Al goes bye bye bye. Is like Jamie Diamond, oh, baby. Yeah, no. See, look at Jamie dropping the dropping the buzzword. Dropping oh, the buzzword. Jamie all over the buzzwords. Good job, Jamie. It's not going to work though. <laughs> uh, yesterday's mentioned by my man Christian Fromhertz, SMCI. Look at that move. That was a good one there too. You know it. Hey. You get some good ones sometimes on pre-market prep. That's just what I'll say there. Uh, oh, this one's man. continued to rip. Super yes. Micros Computers, really nice move there. Um, another one that I saw. Um, That's a great name too, Super Micro Computers. Right? I mean, <laughs> doesn't look too bad at all. Double bottom yeah. around. Don't worry, it could be better as a Super Micro Computers AI. <laughs> Is that double bottom real? Do I have 192.50 on both of those? Uh, what are you, are you looking at uh, the left charts? That's just, um, right. I don't know. What are you looking at? Uh, it was like the daily there. Oh, which stock? We lost track now. SMCI, SM Super Micro, microcomputers. I don't, um, 192.50. No, I don't, no. The last, oh, 195.50. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know it, it's just been gapping and gapping and going, man. I'd say, well, 160, but man, that's not no targets. On, where were we at? Uh, two, 209.90. We'll yeah. go with the next Kenny Glick target, 220. And then 220, 225 is a little more important, right? 220, mm-hmm. 225, 230. All right. AZO bouncing back a little bit today, of course. That got a little bit of a hit. Quick bounce back, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, to a company like this. I can never trade this company. I just can't do that. Twenty four hundred. It's yeah. hard to trade two thousand dollars stocks. Why, why don't they split this, man? Wide. Come on, Azio. It's cool. it's cool, man. The Warren Buffett approach: never split your stock. Although then he got the B, and then he did split the B. So you know he even fell. But I mean, it's hard to trade them when they're that wide of spreading and say, oh yeah, you know, five shares or trade it with two shares, but. I just, you know, whenever I look at this thing, it's got a five-point spread. I'm just like, see it, like I trade 100 share lots. I see like mm-hmm. 500 bucks. I'm like, I'm 500 bucks to get in and out of that puppy. Tough to trade. The high freaks are all over this one, but not for me. And if you get hit, you know, because it's going against you. Like if you go out there and you sit on the bed or lift the offer, you know that they're coming. Like when they take you, they're going through you and it's going in at least, at least in the short term. But uh, yep. Uh, AZL. I mean, we'll see if it can fill the gap. Uh, got a long ways to go to do that. 2550. Once again, like a retail. Ch- I mean, we could just sit there the whole day and say, okay, take the symbol off. Okay. Is this a retail chart? I mean, there's a couple of exceptions, Amber Crombie and Fitch or whatever, or yeah. is this a, a tech stock? And then you could take a guess. It, there. It, the theme is the same as yesterday. It's the same again. And Joel, what I was saying before, there is a play, and we were talking about this just to be long every tech stock in earnings and short every other stock that is non-tech in earnings. (laughs) I think you actually would have just killed it this earnings season. You would have killed it last night. I mean, but there was people that were worried about the earnings. You'd be short RH. You'd be short, you know, know, um, Hibbit. You'd be short. I'm sure there's a couple bad ones on there, too, like gaps going up on you. But overall, you'd be long Marvell. You'd be long Workday. You'd be long ADSK. I mean, all these. You can see what's happening here. You'd be short Deckers. Like, just use last night. The gap. Retailer is up. It's the exception of the rule. But RH, not tech. That's down. Alta, not tech. That's down. Deckers, not tech. That's down. Costco. Not tech, that's down. <laughs> WDAY, tech up. MRVL up. Autodesk, big ones up. AI, I mean, baby. It's unbelievable. That would have been like bat, like 90% last night on that strategy. Man, I need to listen to myself more. All right. It is. I'm going I'm I'm to get out of here. Uh, the right back. They one. bought the dip, man. They bought the dip right back near the highs of the pre-market session. Uh, be focusing on back again that high from yesterday, Thursday's high, 75.50. And see if we can work our way back up to 4,200. But uh, everyone, uh, have a, uh, a good and uh, safe Memorial Day weekend out there. And uh, be back with you guys Tuesday morning. All right, guys. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero's flagship software. If you guys are looking for short opportunities right now, it might be looking more into retail um, than tech, as we've been mentioning. But I'll definitely throw up the link here for you guys to check it out. Costco, 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 man. One thing that told me this, Dennis, was BJ. 
Did you have you seen how BJ's been reacting? Yeah. This this should have told us that. I mean, this is getting a little bit of a bounce here now, but look how BJ's yeah. has been reacting since their report. And this was one that was near the all-time high, right? Like near right at the top of the chart, right? And then look how this has been reacting the last couple of weeks. Since May, it's just been falling off the tape. That told me a little bit of a warning symbol here for Costco today. And it did pull back a little bit. So we'll see if this one is able to get a little bit of a bounce. But I don't know, man. It just seems like they missed on sales already. And that that already is starting to spook some investors. And Costco always gets a pass, though. It's one thing to consider is that they love Costco. And Costco they do. They in do. a recession actually does well. People go and they actually it can still hold up well. It's not like you eliminate your Walmarts and your Costco's. Kohl's, Macy's, Nordstrom, not going to do well in a recession. Costco can actually hold up. So there's always an exception to the rule. And I would say Costco is a retailer that if it pulled back to a reasonable valuation, and again, we do have to talk valuation, you know, and, and Costco's always trade with a huge premium here. But mm -hmm. I mean, this company is just the best run retailer, like traditional big box retailer. It's the best run out there. It's better than Walmart. I mean, they run this thing unbelievably well. And the purchasing power and the way they do everything, Costco does everything right. I'd love to get Costco down like, you know, at $400 here again. Are we going to get it? I don't know. But it's not like, oh, I think I, this is the one you come out and short. So many better retailers to short than Costco. Yeah, I, I would be looking to, for the 470. That's been a mark that it's held for plenty of times. I mean, slightly below. Maybe you're seeing around 466, somewhere in that area. Around 465 to 470 has acted as support for the last one two, three months, uh, last time it's been down there. So we'll see if it's able to hold that, come back up through 500. It definitely fought some resistance there at 500, was able to get to 510, but I'm going to keep an eye on it, team. You see a lot of retail showing up on here. Uh, Snowflake turning around also, right? That, yeah. that was a bad report too. So we want to mention that one. Not a good report there. So just be careful out there, team. We keep seeing this slight rotation to growth, and then a growth name like this takes a big hit. And then all of a sudden it pulls back. That's why, of course, we'll keep an eye out on the ARKK, Kathy Wood. Uh, but that's going to do it at least for our Trade Zero segment here. Any last outlook for the day, Dennis? Um, I just expect more of the same. I think you got, you know, I think we've got very obvious trends in, you know, all of our sectors, really. But we can see what this market wants. It still wants tech. Is it going to get derailed eventually? Is there going to be a vicious sell-off? There is, but that's probably going to be another buying opportunity yep. here. I look at my portfolio, and I'm still sitting with about half cash, and I think, how can I allocate more to tech on the pullbacks? And that's really where mm -hmm. I want to be. So I'm not buying Microsoft and chasing certain stories up here, but there are others, you know, plays out there in chat. Feel free to reach out to me. Give me some of your ideas for some of those tech stocks that maybe haven't went yet. I mean, Man. there's a lot of, you know, potential AI plays here and a lot of tech stocks where maybe there's some turnaround stories here. I mean, you got a lot of Kathy type stocks, ARKK, and it has pulled back. It did not like it pulled back. So maybe you're looking, maybe we should even look at Kathy again here, Mitch. She, yeah. she broke out. We called it right. We had the quad yeah. bottom. It ended up yeah. going from four, from 38 up to 41. We just pulled all the way back here again. Do we get another chance here at that quad bottom, 37 and a half on ARK? Do we, do we take that shot if it gets there? I, I mean, we know yeah. our risk, right? And I think that that's uh -huh. another thing, right? It's a si nice sideways chart to give you a nice little risk level to go off of. And I think that at this point, 
would it make sense maybe starting to build the position there? I think so too. I think That's so, the way man. I like to go about it too, right? Maybe my timing's not perfect and, and it's going to be today, but maybe in the next couple of weeks, we look back and be like, man, ARKK did show bottoming signs and we saw all the growth stocks starting to make a move. The, th the key here is going to be, do we run into headwinds, right? We're all going to keep we that could. in mind. But for right now, let's just keep it what it is, right? The story's hot. AI is hot. Yeah. We can continue looking for that play as long as no major narrative takes over the current environment. That's the way I'm looking at it. That's the way I'll be approaching the market. For right now, it seems like upside seems like the better way to play right now because we've been seeing how these tech companies even get one day of pullback and then the next day, boom, right back up to the upside. So we got to be careful out there with any kind of big news. But as long as the deficit talk doesn't go to like extremes. And that's a wild card. And that's a wild card, right? So keep those things in mind, right? That's the only thing that I could see is turning around. We did get negative inflation news this morning. And look how the spy is already reacting, right? I mean, you already bounced back to right where you the got buy that. Buy the dip mentality is just still out You can't break Again. it. It's just can't certain it stocks, right though. Like, I mean, yeah. like, look at PayPal. You could give me the example. Here's a tech stock, you know, but here's a stock that maybe its core business is you're under attack here because there's a lot of competition coming for yeah. that. I mean, you just think, you know, PayPal getting a little bit of life, put it in its own little quad bottom, showing some life, and then boom, 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 three days making a new low again. Not where you want to be. I mean, some of these, there's individual stories within tech itself. And I don't know if you call PayPal tech, but I would still classify it there. There's individual stories, even within tech itself, where, wow, there's just some ugly stories in there, too. So I guess it's just still a stock picker's market. You know the stocks that are strong. Those are the ones you should be buying on weakness. And the ones that are weak, you should be selling on strength. I mean, that's a core strategy that we have held on this show for the 10 years that we have been doing the show and the 23 years that I have been doing. It's a reason I start with the 90-day chart because I want to know where the stock is trending. If it's trending down, I'm automatically thinking on the short side. If it's trending up, I'm automatically thinking on the buy side. I mean, that is a core strategy that's just worked for a very long time. All right, we'll see what happens today. Like always, keep up with everything my man Triple D Trader does. And Dennis, who you got in, of course, the Stanley Cup Finals? What do we got? We got the Panthers, Oh, baby? we're going with the Cats now. I mean, we're one, I can't stand Vegas. We're going with the Cats. That's what Vegas. I want to hear, baby. I cannot stand let's Vegas. Go. Let's go. Let's get it to Vegas, yeah. man. No, I mean, the Rats, the Cats, whatever you want. I always yeah, call them the throw cats. the Rats. I don't the like Matthew Kachuk, you know, from his Calgary Flame days. It kind Come of, you know, on, makes man. me cringe to think He's about Matthew Kachuk holding the Stanley Cup. But at the same time, Bobrovsky is standing on his head. That guy seems like a brick wall and unstoppable. He has something to prove. People, you know, former mm. Vesna winner, people thought he was washed up. Oh, wait a minute. No, I stop everything in the playoffs. He came back and completely turned that team around. Yeah. They were starting with Lion. He's turned it around. I mean, give a shout out to Dougie Sifu too, you know, obviously high frequency <laughs> virtue. But, you know, congrats to his Panthers here because you know what? I think they're winning the Stanley Cup. Number one way to keep Dennis Dick a little longer. Talk about hockey. Team. You can keep me on here. I'll talk hockey. <laughs> yeah. You guys smash the like for that. That's you it. guys got a little extra. We'll see you guys over on live trading. Have a good one, Dennis. Take care, my friend. Let's get to some trading action. And, of course, you guys can keep up with the book club this weekend. I'm ready to get back after it. We got a lot to talk about. And I'm going to try to run through the pattern book that we're going through right now because – 
there's so many books. I even got books given to me when I was at VCon. So there's a lot to uh, look into, team. And then also stay tuned this weekend. I'm going to be putting in what? Some more extra work. Last weekend I worked. I'm going to work this weekend too. So what does that mean for you guys out there, the viewers? Well, stay tuned to our socials because I'm going to be putting out some really great, high quality content from VCon 2023. And why am I putting this out? Because there was a lot of talk of AI, the future technologies. We had really high uh, image brands, right? Like we're, we're talking some of the top, Mattel, um, there was some really great given uh, information by Damon John, right? Uh, a former shark, right? If he's still a, he's still a shark, right? We got Matt Higgins talking about plan uh, to definitely burn the boats, right? There's so much in AI that we need to take a look into. I got a lot of insight that I'm going to be putting out. And of course, you guys can keep up with all that if you got our Twitter and our YouTube. Definitely hit the subscribe button down below. Get us the follow on Twitter if you're not already following us. And definitely follow me at MoneyMitchBZ as I'll be putting out some exclusive content that I worked on. You guys smash the like. I will see you guys over on live trading. That's coming up next. Let's see what happens. VaynerchuckCon? <laughs> of course, VCon, baby. You guys don't know what VCon is? Oh, David, you, you're about to get banned, bro. David, do you want to get banned? Come on, bro. There's no need for that, man. To tell you the truth, if what you said is true, would I be there? No, man. I can tell you that 100%. Did I get benefits from going to VCon? 1,000%. Just think about what I've been talking about in AI. It's all about insight. It's all about perspective. Open your mind. You just might get something, team. Hit the like button. I'll see you guys over on Live Trading.